Let us pray. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our scripture today comes from the first book of Kings, chapter 19, verses 5 to 9. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him, and said, Get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. He got up and ate and drank. Then he went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. At that place he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, what are you doing here, Elijah? The word of the Lord. So in our adult education hour this morning, we, we talked a little bit about the prayer that Ellen just offered, the prayer for illumination. It's a prayer that we, we pray before we read scripture, asking for, for God's presence as we turn to God's word. Every once in a while, though, as a pastor... I feel like I need just a little extra prayer for illumination, and I like to pray right before I preach. And so let's uh, join with one another for prayer one more time as we prepare to hear God's word through the sermon. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks for the echo of scripture that hangs in the air of this room. We thank you for uh, the stories that shape us, uh, people like Elijah. We ask that you would help these words to find their way into our minds and our hearts into our lives, that we might leave here a changed people, that we might come to know who you are and who you are calling us to be. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. Now, these, these are the words that the angel speaks to Elijah. Kind of a strange message to hear from an angel, the journey will be too much for you. It's a really important word, though. I, I think these words are critical for Elijah's story, but I think they're also really important for us to hear as individuals today. In fact, I think this word from the Lord is urgent for us to hear as a congregation right now. But it makes more sense if we look a little bit at what happens right before and right after this morning's passage. You see, right before this morning's passage and right after this morning's passage, we find mountaintop experiences. Today, Elijah is between the mountains. If we were to read the chapter before this story, we would find Elijah on top of, of Mount Carmel, this uh, famous episode in, in Elijah's life where he, he challenges the, the false prophets of a false god to a showdown on top of a mountain. It's, it's all very cowboy stuff. And he challenges them to come out and they meet together on top of this mountain and they have this showdown and all the people gather around to see what will happen. And the false prophets of the false god begin to pray and nothing happens. But Elijah prays to the Lord and fire falls from heaven and it ignites the altar. 
And the people see this fire as, as, as a sign of God's, God's power and God's presence and God's promise. And they begin to turn towards the Lord. And this is a turning point, not only in the lives of the people, but in the reign of the wicked king Ahab. As things no longer quite go his way the way they had before. This is one of the most powerful public presentations in Elijah's life. And it happens on top of this mountain. And if we were to read the chapter immediately after this morning's passage, the, the verses that follow right after this, we'd find Elijah back on another mountaintop. He goes to a different mountain, a mountain called Horeb, which some people equate with Sinai. Remember Mount Sinai? Moses, the Ten Commandments. This is the mountain of God. And after this morning's passage, Elijah will climb the mountain of God and he will encounter again a supernatural inferno. This blazing fire will come to the mountain. But as powerful as that fire is, it's not strong enough to represent the presence of God. And so then there will be a, a whirlwind that will surround Elijah. But the whirlwind is not strong enough to represent the presence of God. So the earth will begin to shake. And as the earth quakes, it's still not strong enough to represent the presence of God. And that's when Elijah encounters the presence of God in the still small voice. That's where that phrase comes from. This story from the life of Elijah. He, he encounters the presence of God in a thin, silent sound on top of the mountain. But this morning, he hasn't gotten to that mountain yet. And he's come down from the other. This morning, we are in between the mountains. And the, the author of these stories, the compiler of these stories, is, is doing something kind of playful with the geography. Because as we read these stories about Elijah's life, we, we're reading two of the apex episodes in the Elijah story. I mean, these are two climactic scenes in the drama of his life. These are mountaintop experiences, and they happen on top of mountains. Right, we, the geography is not only literal, but it takes on this figurative significance. Elijah is going from one mountaintop to the next. But right now... In this morning's passage, he is between the mountains. Get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. This is what the angel says in between the mountains. Now, the geography in this passage is, I think, equally significant. Because Elijah climbs down from the mountain where he had that showdown, and he heads uh, to a place called Beersheba which was famous for being the last stop before you get to the desert. This is the last place to get water. This is the last place to find civilization. This is the last place you will find people before you enter the desert. Some had called Beersheba the, the gateway to the desert. So Elijah heads to the gateway of the desert. He leaves his servant there. And then Elijah goes through the gateway into the desert. And the difference in the, the, the topography, the difference in the geography, is, it's kind of startling. Because he's come from these memorable mountaintops. He's come from these extraordinary heights down into the desert, into the plain, where there are no hills, there are no rivers, there are no valleys, there are no mountains, there are no cliffs. There's not really anything remarkable at all. It's very plain. That's why it's called a plane. There's nothing to see. There's nothing to remember. There's nothing to do. He's in the plane. He's in the boring. He's in the ordinary. He's in the normal. 
And as we read this, it's, it's so startling. We get a little worried for Elijah. We're a little nervous that he doesn't have enough energy to make it through the desert. And we hope that he's kept some of that energy, some of that strength, some of that momentum from the mountaintop so he can make it through the desert of the plain. And as he gets to the desert, we find he, he collapses at the roots of a tree and an angel comes and wakes him up and says, get up and eat. And Elijah wakes up and he eats and he starts to gain a little strength. And we, we hope he can make it through the desert, but he collapses again. And again, the angel comes to Elijah and wakes him up and says, get up and eat. And then the angel does something kind of sneaky. Then the angel turns the entire story upside down. I mean, these next few words invert our expectations. The angel says, get up and eat. Otherwise, the journey will be too much for you. It's not the desert that will be too much. It's not the plain that will be too much. It's not the ordinary that will be too much. It's the mountain ahead. It's the journey where Elijah's heading. It turns out it's not the mountains that give Elijah energy for the desert. It's the desert that gives him strength for the mountain. It's not the extraordinary moments that give energy for the ordinary things. It's the ordinary things that give us strength for the extraordinary things. This is how life works. It, it, it's not those, those high points. It's not those memorable moments. It's not the extraordinary moments. It's not the mountaintop moments. It's, it's the forgettable moments. It's the ordinary moments. It's the, it's the plain moments that give us strength. I think about how many ordinary days, how many forgettable moments, how many plain days it takes to, to plan a wedding. Think about all of the ordinary forgettable moments you spend in class getting ready for graduation. Think about all the ordinary forgettable plain days you spend in meetings and in tasks to get to that promotion. Think about how many ordinary forgettable normal days it takes to get to an anniversary. Wait, that's a bad example. It's just exactly 365 every time. Right? It, but, but it is. It's 365 days to get from one anniversary to the next. That's, that's how time works. You have to go through all these ordinary days to get to the extraordinary days. When you, when you pass a milestone, there are 5,280 feet before the next one because that's how miles work. There is so much more ordinary time than extraordinary time. And it's the ordinary time that gives us strength for the extraordinary time. It's the forgettable moments that get us ready for the memorable moments. It's the plain days that prepare us for the mountain days. What a wonderful thing for us to hear from this angel today. As we live our lives, our lives are full of those forgettable moments. Of those simple handshakes. Of forgotten hugs. Of instant reactions of easy conversations about sports and the weather and greetings and smiles. Our lives are full of forgettable interactions, but those forgettable interactions all come together and give us the strength for the memorable interactions. It's those little daily things we do in our relationships that get us to the milestones. It's the ordinary that gets us to the extraordinary. 
It's the plains that give rise to the mountains. The plain time, the ordinary time, the forgettable time, that's the time that's a blessing. That's the time we refresh and refill and refuel and replenish. The ordinary days are the days that prepare us for the extraordinary days. This is an important lesson for us to hear from this angel as individuals right now. Get up and eat. Otherwise, the journey will be too much for you. But as important as this may be for us as individuals, I think it's even more important for us as a group. I, I think these words are critical. These words are urgent for us as a congregation. And we need to hear them right now. Because of the announcement we heard at the congregational meeting last week. The faith house is done. We did it. That is a mountaintop moment for us. That is an important chapter in the history of this congregation. God has done something amazing. God has given us a challenge and we rose to the challenge. And through us, God has created this new facility where uh, there's a counseling center and people come for healing. Where colleges and universities and schools gather together for retreat and to plan for the future. Where our young people gather and hear the word of God proclaimed. This is a mountaintop moment and it is in the rear view. Which means right now, we've got some plain days. And I don't know how many we get. But right now, we're on the other side of the mountain. And there's another one on the horizon. I don't know what it is. If you look closely, you can start to see some mountains bubbling up on the horizon. You can start to see some of the, the bumps and the hills in the future. You can see little things starting to rise through our, our, our sanctuary task force that's looking at the way we use our space. You can see exciting things happening with some of the new programs that are coming with new staff. You can see exciting things happening with a new pastor and a new direction. You can see exciting things happening with our, our, our clergy renewal project for our head pastor. And Speaking of that, you can see some exciting things happening because if this is what Kevin looks like before the renewal project, buckle your seatbelts for when he gets back. There are exciting things ahead. There is a journey ahead. And we will not make it. The journey will be too much for us. Unless we make good use of this time right now. I don't know if we're going to get months or weeks or days but now is the time we have to get up and eat we have to refresh we have to refill we have to refuel we have to prepare during this ordinary time for the extraordinary thing God is about to do we have to be ready for the mountain in our future if we want to have good leadership and another generation we have to prepare them right now we have to support our children's ministry right now which means volunteering to teach and to lead and to chaperone it means when Sarah Hoagland calls your aunt answer is yes, because we have to be ready right now. If we want to have an impact from young people in our worship, we have to support our youth ministry right now. We have to be ready to play dodgeball and eat pizza and say yes when Mike calls on the phone, because we have to be ready. Otherwise, 
the journey will be too much. If we want to have a strong educational program, we have to attend our educational programs. We have to take advantage of the adult education hour and the Lent soup suppers. We have to show up. Otherwise, the journey. If we want to have good teaching, we have to be willing to teach. We have to show up to lead and to proclaim the word of God. Otherwise, the journey. If we want to have scripture in our worship, we have to be willing to stand right there and read the word of God in this congregation. Otherwise, the journey. If you want the word of God to change your life, you got to read it on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. You got to crack the Bible open. It's not going to bite you. Otherwise, the journey. If you want to make sure that those offering plates are full, you got to put something in. You have to support the financial ministries of this church. Otherwise, the journey. If you want those offering plates to make it to the front, you've got to be willing to serve as an usher. Otherwise, the journey. If you want someone to greet you at the door, you must be willing to serve as a greeter. Otherwise, the journey. If you want to have fantastic music in our worship, you have to support the music ministry of this church. Otherwise, the journey. If you want people in the pews, you have to invite people to sit in the pews. Otherwise, the journey will be too much. And let's, let's stick with that one for a moment. I read a study this week by a group of Presbyterians about the Presbyterian church. This is Presbyterians studying the Presbyterian church and they looked at a whole series of categories and gave us grades. We graded ourselves on things like community engagement and teaching and worship. And for the most part, the grades were okay. Nothing outstanding, some Bs, some Cs. But there was one category where even grading ourselves, which is with as much grace as we could muster, being as lenient as we could be on ourselves, there was one category where we gave ourselves a D plus as Presbyterians across this country. It was evangelism. If we want people to hear the gospel, we have to speak the gospel. If we want people to see what Jesus Christ can do in our lives, we have to tell people what Jesus Christ is doing in our lives. If we want people to know the saving life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we have to proclaim the saving life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. If you want people in the pews, you have to invite them to the pews and to our, to our soup suppers and to our adult education. You have to invite them. Otherwise, the journey will be too much and we will not make it. This is the ordinary time. This is the time we must get to work. Otherwise, the journey will be too much. What we do during this ordinary time on this side of the mountain is what will prepare us for the extraordinary journey ahead. What we do during the, the forgettable days is what will prepare us for the memorable days. What we do during the plains is what will prepare us, what will give us strength for the mountains and the mountains are coming. God has got big things in store for this congregation. You can see them on the horizon already. God has got things in store for this congregation that will make whirlwinds and earthquakes and flaming fires look like nothing. There are big things ahead and we must get ready. And when we get tired, when we're exhausted, we can hear these same words, get up, take and eat. We can come together and worship and lead and teach and read and eat and sing and pray and laugh and smile and hug. We can encourage one another. We can strengthen one another. We can provide for one another because there is a journey ahead. Get up and eat. Otherwise, the journey will be too much. 
This is what Elijah hears on the plains of the desert. And these are the words the angel speaks to Elijah to prepare him in the midst of the forgettable days for the memorable days, in the midst of the ordinary days for the extraordinary days, in the midst of the plain days for the mountaintop days. The angel reminds Elijah that you can't waste this time. This is the time to gather strength, to prepare, because there's a journey ahead. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.